0: Houston, under eight hours. Who's
1: acting?
2: Clear. Four. Takeoff. Randy Rhodes Air Force. Air, 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 Air Force. RandyRhodes.com. KCAA Loma Linda, ten fifty AM, one hundred six point five FM, and now one hundred two point three FM. Bean.
3: Treatment for patients struggling with the virus. Gilead Sciences antiviral drug Remdesivir has received formal FDA approval. Dr. Aaron Sanyal led the drug study at Virginia Commonwealth University.
1: Designed to slow down or stop the virus from multiplying. So once the virus cannot multiply anymore.
3: Remdesivir can shorten recovery time by about five days. It's administered through IV in a hospital. Alabama's Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth has been diagnosed with COVID-19 but says he's still opposed to a mask mandate even though he personally wears one. Ainsworth says he was tested after someone in his church group tested positive. Both President Trump and Joe Biden are said to have tested negative for COVID-19 in the hours before tonight's final presidential debate. American University professor Jason Mollica was asked if muting the microphones will help the candidates get their points across. I think it can make some of a difference.
2: However, as we've seen time and time again, the president will find a way to have his voice heard.
3: Judge Amy Coney Barrett's expected to be confirmed for the Supreme Court this coming Monday now that the Senate Judiciary Committee has advanced her nomination. Over the objections of panel Democrats who refuse to show up and back what
2: Minority Leader Chuck Schumer calls a sham process. To jam through a Supreme
1: Court nomination just
2: days, days before an election.
3: The full Senate will vote on Barrett next
2: week. Sagar, Magani, Washington.
3: The FBI reports hackers have targeted the networks of dozens of state and local governments across the country in recent days. In two cases, data was stolen from servers. Stocks shook off a wobbly start, ending higher today on Wall Street, the Dow up 152. This is AP News. T-Mobile for Business knows saving time and money is important for your business. That's why we're introducing Microsoft 365 on us now included in our best business plans with office apps, Microsoft teams, cloud storage, and more. Microsoft 365 on us gives you the tools you need to run your business. Stop by a T-Mobile store today. Qualifying plan required. Contact us to activate one license per line, max two per account. Third-party terms apply. ctmobile.com for plan details.
2: Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583.
4: In these days, your dining out choices are limited. Want something mouth-watering good, tasty, convenient, but not the same old, same old? Najwa's fine Mediterranean cuisine in Loma Linda has affordable taste sensations and some of the best authentic Mediterranean cuisine around. Fresh, local, healthy, and handmade food made with love and passion in every bite. From delicious beef and chicken kebabs, pitas, excellent hummus, or one of their many other salad soups, shawarma bowls, or sandwiches, Najwa's is the place to go. Najwa's currently open for takeout only, but keep them in mind for your special events coming up too. Najwa's Caterers, local delicious food all day long. Najwa's authentic Mediterranean cuisine located just off of Anderson and Tippecanoe and the 10 Freeway at 24711 Redlands Boulevard in Loma Linda. Called Najwa's Mediterranean Cuisine. You can order at 909-894-0488. 909-894-0488. Najwa's. Great local food nearby. Take it out all day long.
5: Local newspapers, economists, and public safety groups all agree on one thing. We must defeat Measure K at the ballot box this election. Measure K is a sinister ploy by a group of millionaires to reduce public access to our county supervisors by shifting power to unelected bureaucrats. Residents of San Bernardino County deserve better than Measure K. That's why the San Bernardino Sun, Redlands Community News, and the Sheriff's Deputies Association urge voters to reject Measure K. But that's not all. Jay Prague, a professor of economics and finance at the Claremont Graduate University's Drucker School of Management, warns that passing Measure K will rob the county of knowledgeable leaders who have experience with the unique challenges of this diverse county. Constituents will be poorly served by Measure K. Tell wealthy special interests that San Bernardino County isn't for sale by voting no on Measure K. Inland Empire Taxpayers Association, ID number 1285847.
2: KCAA.
3: Way down among
6: Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, and they've got a lot of extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil.
4: hello, everybody.
6: And you hear that music, and you know who you're listening to. It's Let's Go Shopping with Bev, right here on KCAA 1050 AM. And I am so, so excited about today's show. I mean, really excited. And this is better than Macy's having, you know, a 95% off sale and everything in the store. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And one of my... Dearest, dearest friends, James Ramos is here. Him and I and our families known each other oh, close to 30 years now. I mean, from way back when we all grew up together and we had a beautiful time. And his lovely sidekick is with us. Hi. Hi. And so what we're going to be doing is uh, we'll be talking to James. He's going to fill us in on the good, the bad, and the fun stuff that is gonna be happening. So, this music is for you, all right, West Wing. Okay, so James, thank you for being here with us today.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Bev. You're welcome. To be here with
6: you. Yes. Now, how's the family? Everybody good?
1: Everybody's good. You know, um, staying safe, making sure we're following the precautions, um, certainly COVID-19. Mm-hmm. We know that San Bernardino County now has um, uh, gone over a 1,000 um, deaths due to COVID-19. So yeah. we want to encourage everyone to continue to um, practice safe uh, protocols and safe procedures with their loved ones and, and family members.
6: Yes, and they should. And remember, the biggest thing is when you go outside or even indoors, right? Put your mask on. That's a bit that, and washing your hands. You know, and if you have the the plastic gloves or throwaway gloves, whatever you call them, make sure you got them. Hmm. Right? That's right. Okay, so. What are we going to uh, talk about first today on this list?
1: Well, you invited me down here, and, um, you know, basically I'll give you a rundown of what we've been working on um, in the state legislature and some of the issues that we've um, capitalized on um, and brought awareness to at the state level from the county board of supervisors when we served on the county board, and one of those areas um, deals with social bullying, um, suicide prevention, old and and, and young, right? We've seen in our area how social bullying impacts um, the lives of individuals um, going to school that ultimately could lead to some um, uh, assaults on different people and young people in particular. Um, We've also seen how suicide prevention um, policies um, within the educational system um, we pushed a bill that would bring those policies and resources to start being able to be discussed age appropriately from K all the way to the sixth grade now. And so prior law also had the the resources from seventh to 12th grade, but left out the lower lower grades. And why that's important is because we need to make sure that even our youth, our youth that are going to school um, from K to sixth grade, have uh, age-appropriate materials when they start to feel some type of uh, mental health uh, component going on, especially now um, in our day and age of of electronics, technology. But even now... um, more so because of COVID-19 and how distance learning has become um, part of the norm, at least for this year. Um, But yet we know that people are struggling um, with issues. So we wanna make sure those resources are there. So when we first got into the legislature, I introduced um, two um, bills, AB 34 and AB 1767, which were companion bills. One dealt with social bullying on social media platforms. The other one was getting the resources age appropriate to the K and 6th grade, completing that whole cycle of education. Both of those bills we lobbied through the Assembly and the Senate, and the governor um, signed those bills into law and capitalizing on, again, advocacy of mental health, which I believe is very important and is the nucleus of a lot of the different areas that, that we talk about in our community. I moved forward with another bill and uh, moving forward to create for the first time in the history of the state of California, an office of suicide prevention. And that bill, we lobbied it through the assembly and it got stuck in the Senate side. So we had to go to work and make sure that people understood. The, the importance of that bill, especially during COVID-19, where you see a lot of the, the rates going high, especially within our younger people between the ages of, of 12 and 14, seeing that spike go up. We need those resources there. And we, en- we ended up getting it on the Senate side on the health, and it moved out a health committee on bipartisan support, ultimately to the governor's office, and he signed that bill into law. So now, for the first time in the history of the state of California, we're going to have an office of suicide prevention to bring into the forefront the the need for mental health and, in particular, suicide prevention resources. So when we start to talk about moving the economy forward, about jobs, about all these different areas, there's no way we could talk about that unless we're talking about mental health along with those components to make sure we're moving our economy forward.
6: Now, on this, I'm so glad that the bill went through, you know. And when you see a lot of our children going to school, and they say, well, if they're from a poor family, hmm. they're never done to do anything, right? Or if they're black or this or that or whatever. To me, that has nothing to do with it. I think basically, uh, because being in family law many, many, many years ago, hmm. you, you see them really just like you did. You know, hmm. we picked it up very quickly. And I would like to see, if all possible, if our teachers... Hmm could start taking classes, just things to look for. You know, are are they doing their homework, or are they listening, they go out to the bathroom and never return, you know, different things like this, right, and see how when they're on the playground and the way they communicate with the other children, and that will tell you pretty much what's going on. If a child just sits there out on the playground by him or herself, that's the one to start talking to straight away, right?
1: It definitely is, and that's where a lot of this um, the resources come forward through, especially dealing with the K through um, uh, 12 educational and LEAs throughout the state. Um, we did an audit uh, myself and uh, Assembly uh, Member Luis Rivas. Um, we moved forward on an audit. And we got the reports back and looking at the different, um, at that point, looking at the homeless um, students and their population in the state of California. And we know, coming from the County Board of Supervisors, that a high population here in San Bernardino County, when I left the county, there was over 30,000 homeless students going to schools here in in San Bernardino County. And so now you look at across the state, you know there's, there's more. And yet some districts are reporting zero. And we know that that's depriving um, resources to get to those individuals that need it. Mm -hmm. So we did an audit, and we found that there was some um, disparities in that reporting. So myself and uh, Assemblymember Luce Rivas continue to work on the homeless um, youth population in the state of California. Um, And along the way, though, we have resources. And the resources that we're talking about with my bills also gives um, the resources to the parent, the teacher, um, and the student to, have, to know what's available for them so they could see the signs. And now we're dealing with um, with COVID-19, the, the, the mm-hmm. virus that's here, a lot of distance learning. And we've been on um, webinars um, and discussions and, and on different panels with the State Superintendent of Instruction, um, uh, State Superintendent Tony Thurman, that now with distance learning and seeing all the students on those screens, is there a way now to be able to see on Zoom Different traits of someone that could be going through some type of issue in their life, and and one of the examples um, is that the individual in a classroom setting that's excelling, right? They they're the top of the class, they're they're moving forward, they're you know they're getting ready to to look at um, college prep courses, but yet when you put distance learning, it's a whole other way of learning, and those grades start to drop. Mm-hmm. So how are we there to catch those individuals to keep their self esteem moving forward, right? It's not that all of a sudden they're not doing the work. It's It's just a different set of of learning that people are trying to get used to, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 when you start to change certain things in people's lives, the 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 human soul, the human person, is very delicate at any change that happens. So we need to be there and be able to see the signs um, that you were talking about.
6: And it's really so sad to see so much is happening, and it seems like it's it came all at one time. You know what I mean? And but with The little ones, Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are lucky enough to uh, go to nursery school, you know, that's the first thing that they learn, you know, being around other children, listening to the teachers, and so on, right? And doing all of that. And then as they grow, and I, I know everybody is doing what they possibly can at this time, but what I would really like to see is taking some of the moms that are stay-at-home moms, mm-hmm. right? They're they're around the, the children all the time and come into the classrooms, right, or when they're on the computers and they're talking back and forth and they can see each other back and forth and have the moms or the dads start talking about what they did when they were in school. Hmm. And that starts, you know, building them up and going.
1: No, I think the, the interaction is there. And certainly, we're hearing from... Um, Um, The parents, um, as far as distance learning, because pretty much they became more of the teacher aid or or the teacher in general Mm -hmm. at home, um, learning more of the um, arithmetic and the uh, geometry, uh, algebra now that's being taught Mm -hmm. at a younger age than when myself went to school, right? So it's just uh, um, uh, there's components on on everyone, right? And, And everybody's pitching in to do their part. Um, as far as distance learning and where we see that going, I think that we're going to continue to um, look at distance learning, but there has to be a time that we start to sit back and, and discuss how things are, 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 are happening, right, with the social interaction that's not happening. Mm-hmm. How are, are people growing um, with that interaction, right, that's, that's not there now? So there's a lot of discussion, a lot of things that have been learned in this short period of time since March. At the beginning of this year to where we are now, Mm -hmm. where you could start to uh, create a a chart of pros and cons of what has worked, what hasn't worked, and to be better prepared down the road for another crisis or maybe even another virus that comes our way. Um, How are we better prepared to deal with that to be more in a proactive setting than reactive to the situation that we're basically in right now?
6: And I'm so glad to hear all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, the more that we get it out, The faster we get it out, the better we're going to help, you know, and stay right there. Uh And if you just tuned in, you're listening to Let's Go Shopping with Bev right here on KCAA 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. And we are so happy, I am just beyond happy, having our very good friend James Ramos with us and talking about everything that's going on in our state in the world and beyond, and we'll probably get to Mars before we're done. And, mm. you know, and his sidekick, and say hello, sidekick.
0: Hi, everyone.
6: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, there, now, James, what else would you like to talk about? Because we got a list here a mile long.
1: I think building on, on a lot of those issues um, that are there and um, why we're so – Passion about mental health and the components of mental health in general. Um, One of the areas that we want to continue to tackle is homelessness in our in our area. And we were moving on on homelessness and a piece of legislation that dealt with LPS, um, the 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 hold, the 72-hour hold um, when someone is um, under psychiatric Mm -hmm. um, hold. Right? There was actually a study that was done that says that you could extend that 72-hour hold provided there's resources for that individual. What's missing is those resources. So we had a bill um, that was moving forward, and it was AB 2404. Um, In January, we introduced the the piece of legislation. We started working with the governor's office to identify um, surplus land in the state of California within the state's jurisdiction. We did identify some land here in our area um, close in proximity. Um, So we started moving, trying to bring some regional approach um, to the mental health homelessness component that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But then COVID-19 hit, and we were asked to um, lighten our bill load. We had close to 15 bills, and then we lowered um, our bill load down to fifteen to five. And out of the five, I got four of them signed by the governor um, into law. Fantastic. Right? But a lot of the components that we're still dealing with, mental health issues, um, homelessness, particularly mental health that's there, we're going to tackle again, and, and we, we're encouraged um, to be able to um, offer this piece of legislation again in January. So we continue to work on that. Another area that... Um we're very um, much engaged in is the technical trades, uh, making sure that individuals that are um, graduating out of high school that don't move forward to a four-year university or even a community college know that there's technical trades as an option also. Mm-hmm. Um, technical trades that would include carpentry, um, electrical work, right, um, and, and iron workers, those types of trades that have uh, apprentice programs here in our local area, that we could buy into and, and get people engaged in that type of job setting, that bill that I had uh, moved through the Assembly and the Senate, but was vetoed um, by the governor uh, of the state of California. Um, and within his message, um, he alluded to that the that's uh, you know one of the priorities. Of the Workforce Investment Board in the state of California. So we immediately started to work with the Workforce Investment Board to bring to um, advocacy to make sure that this is one of their um, driving um, tools, right, Mm -hmm. to to make sure that's happening, which led us to uh, move forward on another bill this year, and it was AB 2905, and that dealt with labor and employment as a way to get that connection, moving forward. So another bill that because of COVID-19, we're, we um, had to lighten our load, but we anticipate um, everything going good November 3rd. Um, we'll anticipate um, reintroducing that piece of legislation. I think it's so important to, to look at and not forget about the technical trades that are here in our own backyard. Um, and our particular bill um, was supported by associated contractor engineers as well as um, many um, labor groups um, that have those trades and apprentice programs that are there. Because what we're trying to do is get in front of um, the, the person that's graduating that might not want to go to the four-year university. Mm-hmm. And if they don't go there, what are their options? Is there options basically um, the, the, the burger place or what, going to work there? But no, there's another option that we haven't done enough to highlight in our community, and it's the apprentice programs. Apprentice yes. programs with um, carpentry. Mm-hmm. Apprentice programs with electrical engineering. Apprentice programs... With iron um, workers and, and metal and welding, those types of jobs pay a lot of money, right? And that's just a snapshot of uh, within the technical trade. If you pull that up, there's many jobs that, that are identified under technical trades. But just even talking about it and advocating, so when somebody in their life is trying to decide whether they're going to go to a fur university or not, what are their options? We need to make sure that they know that there's options here. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to these apprentice programs, you're able to earn a good living because the wages are pretty good, right? And ultimately, you could end up um, running your own business.
6: That is terrific. And there are so many young adults out there that are so, you know, wondering, what do I do? Which way do I go, George, you know? Uh, (laughs) Do I take that left turn in Albuquerque? And when we get all of this out and we keep on telling them and reminding them, you know, everybody, this is where you can go you know, for, for the health that you need, whatever it is. And then I want to go back to the housing just a teed mm-hmm. way. And if it sounds silly, I'm sorry. But w- when you see a lot of these apartment buildings, half of them are half emptied, you know, and uh, some of them people don't want them, whatever. And I, I was thinking about this the other day when I was driving home. I went, wait a minute, what are they doing? with all of these empty buildings and it may sound silly if it does Oh so well and i was thinking if we could get the construction crews in there you know have the state behind him and whatever and they start re-upgrading these empty uh, buildings mm-hmm. right and then the people that really need home right and some of them like there's so many uh, homeless people right now and whatever if we can get enough people together to work on these buildings and get them up and running where they're responsible to you know keep them cleaned and so on and so on once you get a roof over your head Mm. and you know you got shoes on your feet and you know you got food your whole attitude's going to change immediately is there a way we can start a program like that
1: so um, there's different programs, nonprofits that work on those. One, um, have Habitat for Humanity has been um, working in our area. Mm-hmm. I know um, when we were here at the local government that there were some homes that, that Habitat for Humanity did refurbish and, and get back into um, some um, people's lives to be able to have that home and have a shelter over their head. There's other programs, too, that works with um, the county, local jurisdictions. I mean... Um, CORE is another a nonprofit that works with um, housing. I know we've worked with them um, as the supervisor and now at the state trying to make sure that, that funding comes through um, for some of these projects. Where that particular project dealt with senior um, homes, mm-hmm. we were able to uh, uh, construct one out in um, Joshua Tree uh, on 29 Palms area, um, Yucca Valley, town of Yucca Valley. You can still see that as you drive through the highway. Also out in Ukaipa, I uh, mean, over here in Redlands also. And it's true. It's true that once even um, those uh, right here um, in, in Redlands, right, um, where, where the studio is at, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I said right here. Because anyway, yes. that's where we're at, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, when The old projects area was uh, an area that we used some of that type of funding to um, create a new um, building, um, and that was for senior living. And now there's people that are living um, in those areas that – then brings up that, that quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then those, no matter how old you are, what, what age you are, you're able to go after your dreams, dreams that might've got detoured along the way. And now that you have a safe environment, a roof over your head, able to lock the door, mm-hmm. no one's, um, you know, that kind of feet, you know, safety, you're able to dream again and go after your dreams. And I think one of the individuals started painting, uh, again, one of the lifelong dreams that they've had. Fantastic. So it, it, it's very true. I mean, and again, emotionally and, and support the, the human soul is Is uh, people don't realize how delicate it truly is.
6: Yes, and I just got the three fingers before we go to commercial. Uh, so the other thing that I wanted to ask you, and we'll make it short for we can get all the commercials and yeah. stuff in. The other thing, too, with everything that you and everybody that works with you that are involved what are the two top things on your list to get done and get started
1: so to get done and get started is continue to look at um, the aftermath of how we're going to prepare ourselves um, for a next crisis a next um, covid-19 type of a setting mm-hmm. and how we're going to be better equipped and 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 to be a better advocate to promote business um, business, and a a truer hybrid session so that you could actually see the economy continuing to move forward sales tax revenue coming into the local jurisdiction keeping Mm -hmm. people employed so that their personal income tax would go to the state for those types of budget um, areas there also I think there has to be a, a better and a truer hybrid um that we could discuss and it into the table though we have to be able to have business owners Mm -hmm. and we have to have health officials um, um coming to the table to explain and to give us direction on how we could create a safe environment um for business to continue to move forward um in in making sure that we're proactive to any situation that comes our way in the future
6: Well, I'm so glad to hear that. I really am. And, you know, if you guys need any help, give me a call. Oh, yeah. You you got my phone number. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't change it. And uh, what we're going to be doing is we are going to go to break right now. One of the guys over here are going, ah, your break time. And don't change that channel. We'll be right back.
2: Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292 FQ Riverside, and K293 CF Moreno Valley.
1: Do you love to dine out and travel? Then join me, the number one food critic, Alan Borgen, host of the Let's Dine Out TV show on PBS every Saturday at 4 p.m. for the new Let's Dine Out radio show on KCAA 1050 AM. Along with my co-host, Isabel Bussey, we will be reviewing local restaurants, interviews with culinary professionals, review new cooking products, cookbooks,
4: plus so much more, including giving away free gift certificates. That's the new Let's Dine Out radio show
7: right here on KCAA 1050 AM every Saturday at 4 p.m. Happy eating.
2: Join me, Dynamite Nick, for a weekly one-hour celebration of one of the greatest American art forms, the blues. It's at the Blues Bar. Every week, we'll explore every shade of the blues, from pre-war country blues and classic blues women to Chicago, jump blues, and beyond, from the 1920s all the way to today. So come on in to the Blues Bar with me, Dynamite Nick, every Saturday night at 8 on KCAA, 1050 AM, 1023 FM, and 106. Six five FM
7: Hi, my name is Don and I work with my wife Marie. We are holistic health practitioners specializing in magnetic therapy. Got Pain Get Relief, we are the Got Pain People. The benefits of magnetic therapy are speed up healing time, reduce discomfort and pain, reduce inflammation, detoxify your body, help improve blood flow. Got Pain Get Relief, we are the Got Pain People. With MD Jarbaug Medics, we can be reached at 951-743-6903. We help to relieve pain without the dangerous side effects of drugs. Some of the other benefits of biomagnetism are a safe alternative for the treatment of over 500 ailments, including cancers, chronic back pain, migraines, asthma, cysts, tumors, acne, arthritis, knee pain, sports injuries, broken bones, high blood pressure, diabetes, fibromyalgia, sciatica, multiple sclerosis, stroke recovery, it also helps reconnect the brain to the nerves. We are located in Yucaipa and we are the Got Pain People. With MD Jar Magnetics, got pain, get relief. 951-743-6903. Once again, 951-743-6903. KCAA
6: and we're back. Yes, and we all love this music. Remember that West Wing? I mean, <laughs> that show was so fantastic. And I was so sad when it left. You know, we got to call them up and say, hey, get it back here. <laughs> and we'll all be inside the, mo- in the show. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do
1: it.
6: You know, and... and James will be there, you'll be there, and you get everything straightened out, and then something happens, and you call me, and I walk in, and I go, what's the matter for you? You're going to do it this way <laughs> 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 That would be so much fun. Now, with uh, everything that we spoke about so far, I'm totally pleased with. I really am. And uh, I'm glad that you got elected again. Yay! Yay. You know, now, we are going to talk about to your sidekick, oh. is that okay?
1: Yeah, let's see if she's a... Uh...
6: Yes, no, don't blush. don't blush. <laughs> Pretend we're on the phone, and, and you're talking to me from your office, okay? Okay, that All sounds right. a lot better. So please introduce yourself.
0: My name is Halevana Sanchez Gonzalez, and I am the district director for Assemblymember James Ramos.
6: <laughs> Yay! And so what exactly do you do?
0: Um, I help him at the direction of our chief of staff, who works out of Sacramento, uh, Mm -hmm. direct uh, the district operations for uh, the, you know, the 40th Assembly District, which encompasses La Melinda, Redlands, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, part of San Bernardino, and um, Mentone, (laughs) and Thailand. And so we uh, put things together for him, events together. We reach out to the community. We take meetings with stakeholders. Basically, we're his uh, his battleground workers, and mm-hmm. we go out to the community. We figure out what's going on, and then we come back and report to him. We also plan events uh, to benefit the community, such as uh, toy drives and you know turkey giveaways, and uh, you know we just we plan things for him for the benefit of the community on his behalf, mm-hmm. and then he shows up. <laughs> you up? <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah.
6: I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's one of the things I wanted us to get into uh, somewhere, you know, through the show. When you were talking about Thanksgiving and the toy drives and how many homeless uh, families that we have, which it breaks my heart every time I think mm-hmm. about it. How or is there something special that all of us can start getting involved in now to find out who, you know, would like a a turkey dinner or a hamburger, whatever they wanted, right? And getting stuff for the children.
0: Yeah, so right now, our office, um, Jessie, uh, our senior field rep, is working on putting our turkey giveaway together. So basically, mm-hmm. she's reaching out to different uh, nonprofits and to organizations and companies that will donate turkeys to certain nonprofits that we elect and uh, give them the whole meal, the turkey mm-hmm. and you know the potatoes and the ham anything that Mm -hmm. comes with it and uh, so she's actually in the works uh, for that and I know that there's other offices and other organizations that are looking for monetary donations and you know for any type of donation that people are able to give because there is a lot of people in need um, especially with COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. so many uh, of our uh, constituents out of jobs and so yes there's definitely ways to get involved and If anyone does want to get involved, uh, you can reach out to our office and we can help you, help guide you. Or you could Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, call
6: me and I'll say, hey, Jamie, you know what? This is what they need over there. Don't forget the pasta. (laughs) 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 You know? And with, I, I just feel so happy having you guys with us and we're actually. Getting all of this stuff done, t- you know, yeah, we crack a joke every once in a while. You have to, to re- you know, release some uh, energy. But if there's anything that I and my peoples can do, let me know straight away. Y- you know, immediately, whatever it is. And um, I can make some phone calls, get on um, hold of a lot of the women's organizations mm-hmm. that I belong to and so on and so on, and we can spread the word even more you know so so don't don't worry about it pick up the call just as long as it's not before seven o'clock in the morning (laughs) okay and uh, because that forget about it
0: (laughs) yeah I don't like to do much before 7 a.m either so I understand (laughs) yes you know and now the
6: other thing the two of you have been working together for quite a while huh
0: Yeah, I actually started with the Assemblymember, Rye um, soon after he got elected. I started with him in December of 2018.
6: That's right. So it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. And talking about since you've been in this business, in this office, you should see the office, holy moly, you know, uh, (laughs) what else is coming up now? Because we talked about the homeless, Mm -hmm. we talked about uh, the children with you know, different issues that we're dealing with, with the schools and all of that. What else is going on that we should be aware of?
1: Well, I think, um, Bev, one of the things that we want to make sure that we we highlight, um, not for myself, but for the um, California Indian community, that here in 2018 and and now in 2020, um, we serve as the only elected California Native American in the state legislature since the creation of the history of the state of California, which means that there's a lot of um, laws, a lot of issues that haven't been uh, addressed or been in the forefront. And uh, in that area, for me, deeply culturally um, sensitive to the repatriation of uh, Native American remains back to California Indian tribes here in the state of California. Um, when we talk about California Indian tribes, we have to remember that California was first um, Russian exploration came through, mm-hmm. and then the Spanish missionaries that had a mentality towards California Indian people um, to build the missions and to um, have the forced labor for those individuals to build those missions. And that's part of the history that we want to start to open up the dialogue to so that we truly start to the healing process moving forward for all California people. But there was an audit also that was done on the UC, um, System that identified over 500,000 Native American remains still in the archives of the UC Whoa. system. And so looking at the audit report showed that there were some areas that needed to be clarified. One of those areas was tribes, California Indian tribes, right, mm-hmm. to be able to have those items repatriated back. My bill, AB 275, starts to pave the way and clarifying that in working with the Native American Heritage Commission, but it also does a a lot more because when we have museum directors and department heads of institutions or even state agencies disagreeing with the local tribes on what should be repatriated back for reburial Mm -hmm. and what shouldn't, I believe that the voice of the California Indian people's voice should be equal or better than the department heads and and those that are making decisions. Up until AB 275, which was signed into law this year by the governor, um, now puts equal footing for the tribal elders and their input of what should be repatriated back, giving them greater weight. And it also caused on liaisons to be created within the state agencies that deal with local Californian tribes. These are issues that for so long, have not been addressed. But being able to be in the state legislature, we're tackling these issues and we're bringing a voice to them. Another area that we need to look at, and the Secretary of State, um, Secretary Padilla, um, agreed. And so we both um, moved forward a piece of legislation that dealt with voting rights um, in Indian country here in the state of California. And that was AB um, 2314. And it would create a task force that will look at some of the hindrances of why Native American people um, are sorely underrepresented when voting comes to take place, and. When we look at other areas in the state with other different groups that are there, Mm -hmm. we've seen that they've moved forward um, with voting and, and representation in the political arena. And sitting here as the first California Indian doesn't mean that Native American people don't want to be engaged in the political system. I believe that there's some hindrance that still needs to be um, having resources addressed. When you look farther up north and you have a tribe up north in, in Eureka, California, you tribe that has to drive anywhere from two to three hours to a supermarket or, or wherever, how hard is it gonna be for them to, to make that, that vote and make sure that ballot's being counted? These are areas that when you start to look at, um, when you're paint brushing an issue and says we've solved it, we're not diving deep enough into it to make sure that all people not only in the United States, but here in the state of California, mm-hmm. are still struggling to make sure their voice is being heard.
6: we got to do something about that.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? So, so the bill that we have would start to bring forward that task force, recommendations to get those resources there. Um, many times you, you look at um, Indian country, federal Indian reservations, as something that's not the responsibility of a local jurisdiction or the state of California. However, right, when Indian reservations here in the state of California still need those resources that so many have in in the state of California, and they're entitled to it. Um, one of the areas, another bill that we moved forward on was AB 3099, and that worked with the Attorney General because of the so high, so many high cases of missing and murdered Native American women, not only in the in the United States, which is an epidemic. But here in in California, our research, our research that Heyovana actually did, um, found out that California was number six on the list of missing and murdered Native American women, with cases not even being investigated. So we moved forward with our bill, AB 3099. I mean, work with the attorney general to create positions so that they could then start to have a better relationship with the tribal um, governments to make sure that those investigations are moving forward. And local jurisdictions know they have the jurisdiction to be able to investigate those types of crimes. And many times, um, cr- crimes that are being perpetrated against Native American women in particular are crimes that are being perpetrated against them by non Native people on federal Indian reservations. And I think we've gone too long oh. without addressing those issues. And so our bill, AB 3099, starts to address that issue, doesn't solve it, but starts to address it and starts to um, clarify. The jurisdictional role, especially here in the state of California, being a public law two hundred and eighty state. Well, you need help. Let me know. Oh yeah,
6: right, and uh, and we'll do that. What What are you pointing at? Go down that list. What? <laughs> Hush. He's doing good. Don't get him nervous. <laughs> you know. And uh, the other thing, and it's probably not on, on your list, but Uh-oh. you can write me a you know a little note. Bev said to do this right <laughs> now. With everything going on, uh, I know all the people that are with you. All of you are working together as one, which I'm very very happy mm-hmm. about. You know, you get to sound like Green Bay, yeah, Green Bay Packers. Oh, yes, oh, hey, is is for all easy. the many years, yes. And the thing is, I just want to remind you both, all right? And I'm serious. If there's anything that you need call me or call rich okay <laughs> and then and then you can do that well what what is something wrong with your hand? handle it <laughs> i think
1: one of the one yeah. of the other issues too bev is, is um the the impact that COVID 19 has had on small businesses um and in particular um small business owners mm-hmm. um, we've seen that um the issues Have really um, been trying, and we talk about mental health and and suicide prevention and mental health in general, there's no way that we could start to talk about an economy moving forward. And we talk about a healthy economy all the Mm -hmm. time, right? We want to see that move. But what does it truly mean, a healthy economy? Does that mean um, generating revenue? Or is it the health and well-being of the individual that has to go through those ups and downs um, in business in general? And especially right now in COVID-19. So I I did move forward on a a bill Mm -hmm. um, that would give protection uh, against frivolous lawsuits of COVID-19. Then became the debate of what truly is a small business. And we've seen that the federal government has a different definition. The state has different areas where they have addressed um, small business. But I moved forward on a bill in a bipartisan fashion um, with um, Chad Mays. Um, And it was identifying small business as 25 employees or less Mm -hmm. to give them some some breathing room against um, the impact of COVID-19 and frivolous lawsuits on those. Because if we keep asking small business owners to continue to open up, right, whether now it's outside or following the PPE Mm -hmm. to generate revenue for, for sales and tax revenue for the local jurisdictions and personal income tax for the state, we're also, shouldn't we also be a voice to give them some type of um, uh, understanding, right, uh, of clearance, uh, of liability mm-hmm. that could also, they, be, they could be looking at, Provided it, they provide the PPE, the safe standards um, that are there because we know that there's a lot of good people out here in our community. But we know there's some that will take advantage of a situation. Oh, yes. And we've seen that with different laws, different components, and we've seen a lot of lawsuits move forward. And it's that type of um, individual that we're trying to give protection to small business. So we want to anticipate working on that um, moving forward and clarifying um, the definition of what truly is a small business. Well,
6: with with it businesses you know, with uh, everybody that I knew, you know, with restaurant businesses and so on and so on. And this idea of eating outside, I think it's a marvelous idea. They should have did that way back when. You you know, really, it, it gives you a different feeling. You don't feel crowded and so on and so on, right? The other thing there with small business is the mom and pop mm-hmm. independent uh, shops that they have with you know uh, paintings or clothing or whatever it is. Them are the ones that I think need more help right now than anybody else, because they really don't have anybody to turn to. They can't go and get a loan because they can't show that they can pay it back. And if there's some way that we could come up with an idea for them right if they let's say they have a building about the size of our studio right here right and their rent is let's say 2500 a month pulling a number if the owner of that building could cut that in half or a little yeah. less right then they could take that extra money and start getting more people to come in and to buy whatever they are selling that's what makes sense to me I'm a New Yorker I think <laughs> I think different from you all down here right and uh, different things like this or you get some of the big corporations that really have the money and start convincing them to hey start helping these guys one way or another we can come up with different ideas for them to work on to to start moving it you know along you know what I mean
1: no, I, I do. And I, I think it, it comes back into the, the community, right? I mean, uh, we own a, a small uh, um, burrito place in Highland, Pepito's, and my daughter's um, there running it. We have um, our drive throughs open, not the sit down, but the drive through. Mm-hmm. And you have um, those in the community that are honoring um, the, the mass, right, to protect your employees from mm-hmm. um, PPE and COVID-19. And you have some that that just don't want to um, adhere to those safeguards going through the drive through And and it puts our employees at risk. Yes. And not only are employees at risk, right, when people do that, and without regard for the safety and, and protections, it puts the employee at risk, but it pus, puts the owner at risk, too, mm-hmm. because now you have employees that are out there in the front line. If no one's following those PPEs, now all, all those that are, are supportive of small business, you know, by not doing that, you're basically hurting the business because now the owner has to be there to deal with that. yes. And, and so there's also um, a, a grant that we were able to get through um, working in a in a, in a in a fashion with other legislators um, during the last days of session. It's a uh, hundred million dollars um, that went to the administration um, for um, business owners. Uh, employees a hundred employees or less. Um, we couldn't agree on uh, the definition of small business, 25 employees or less. One um, senator brought up five employees or less. But this particular grant was established for businesses with 100 employees or less that would give you um, different tax incentives if you, re- if you were rehiring back your staff, your people, your people yeah. in all industries, right, not just the eateries, but in all, all the industries. Um, and it was um, $100,000 is the max. Um, for any one um, individual, any one business. So we wanted to um, make sure that that was happening. And I think in in your, your larger discussion of what can we do, I still think that we have to do a better job a better job at a true hybrid of letting the economy move forward while we have the safeguards that are there. Mm -hmm. That means putting people into a roundtable discussion, a setting that includes health officials, health officers, uh, business owners, Mm -hmm. to find out how can we weather the storm better um, when something else comes our way. Would it be outside seating? Would it be closing down the streets like like the city of Redlands has done on State Street? Mm -hmm. And that serves a, a, a purpose but then you deal with the different climates, right? The the changing from the fall to the winter, spring to summer. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to adjust to some of those areas too. But it takes people sitting down to build a comprehensive plan that then, from the local the local governments and people input, not just politicians saying, "I know how to solve this," but a true a true roundtable discussion with business owners, health officials those that are impacted so we could build a plan on how we could see the economy continue to move forward in a true hybrid fashion generating sales tax revenue for the local economy, keeping people employed that will, will continue to move forward personal taxes to the state of California. And when we look at that and we see that something has to be changed out of those types of discussions, you'll have a sound a sound policy of a legislation that can move forward in the state of California because then it has the buy-in of all those in the community that are being affected.
6: Then let's do it right I mean it's simple we get everybody together on a big round table and we say all right what are we gonna do let's do it right and I noticed that you were looking at your notes sweetie what do you got over there
0: um I'm just writing notes of what he's talking about because then I'm going to have to follow (laughs) up on it oh okay and then keeping track of what he's saying because I'll have to do it (laughs) isn't that
6: always the way we always got to do everything and then down on your list James what other there's a question down there I can't see it too well without my glasses, but the very tiny little baby one at the end. Right here? Yeah. What is that?
1: No, well, that that dealt with the, the the COVID small business bill that we moved forward on ten thirty five and local um, cities, um, jurisdictions did um, sign letters of support for it. Um, city of Redlands was one, um, City of Rancho Cucamonga was another. All um, of your cities signed on. All right. of our cities yes. signed on. Good thing I have my my uh director here with me so all the cities signed on and that's a bill that we continue to look at i mean if we're asking um small business ppes um all that that are out there let's make sure that our small businesses um know that we're appreciating what they're doing to keep our economy moving forward and 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 working with the the california small business association um we were able to move a piece of legislation through where we were principal co-author with Senator Porrentino, that looked at um, small businesses, and the Franchise Tax Fee um, Board was charging all small businesses um, an $800 fee. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but to small business owners, it it could Mm -hmm. mean making payroll or not. But yet, it it was just based on a lump sum. There was never a tear oh. to say if you brought in this amount of gross revenue versus this amount of gross revenue that you could actually gravitate to get to that, to that lump sum. Uh, myself and Senator Porrentino um, worked on that bill. I got it through the Assembly. He got it through the Senate. And it went to the governor, and it, and it got vetoed. Um, got vetoed because the message was said in the veto message that this, this type of discussion is better had a, during the budget session. So now we're, we're engaged and, and we're ready to tackle it in the budget session. Um, so we look forward to... Continuing to represent the Assembly 40th District, mm-hmm. tackling all these issues that mental health, suicide prevention, homelessness is still a, a top issue uh, for our communities here in this area. Similar to what they were as, uh, in the County Board of Supervisors. And then you look at COVID-19, the virus that's here with us. And I think we're fooling ourselves if we think that we're just waiting for COVID-19 to leave, right? And then everything will go back to normal, right? No. What is the normal? Is there another crisis coming our way? We've seen fires. We've seen COVID-19. We've seen issues that are very important to a lot of people in our communities that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. right? We, we've seen these areas. So we have to be better prepared to battle with a cor- crisis that's going to come our way rather than be reactive to it. So we have to be able to come together as a community, know what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. and be able to agree on the stuff that does work, so we can move forward. And certainly, myself representing um, this area out here in, in San Bernardino County, um, as chairman of the people of Santos Manuel, as um, on the com- uh, community college board of trustees, served there as president of the board mm-hmm. um, to the county board of supervisors and served there as chairman. Um, also during during a time where we've seen a horrific act of a, a terrorist attack here in, um, in in San Bernardino County and. We've seen how our first responders responded to that situation. And, you know, they brought closure to that issue, a terrorist attack here in San Bernardino County. And our first responders responded and kept our people safe. These are the issues that are important. And our victims, our victims' rights, our victims of crime, we need to make sure that they continue to have a voice In all this discussion, they cannot be left out. These are the reasons why I'm still um, running for Assembly 40th District, and I want to continue to serve you and the people in the Assembly 40th District, and I'm asking for your support.
6: Oh, honey, you know you got me. Oh, yeah. Yes. And if you just tuned in, you're listening to Let's Go Shopping with Bev right here on KCAA 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. And I hope everybody has their radio on right now and we you can uh, tomorrow the day after you can uh, play it back and you know and hear it again which would be so so cool and now we're getting down to the three minute mark okay so i'm gonna ask you first james then you my dear right if you had a magic wand right now right? It doesn't sound silly, but a magic wand, and we'll get you a little crown, too. (laughs) And you could take one thing, one thing only to have it end that quick. What would it be? Unity. Love it.
0: I have absolutely no idea.
6: Think about it for a minute. Dun-dun-dun, dun dun dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Well, mine is with everything that has to be worked on to make, you know, everybody live longer, happier, and they don't have to worry about anything else. That's what I'm hoping for. And, you know, if I ever find a fairy godmother, I can hit that little thing and boom you know and listen guys everybody's having a nervous breakdown right now you know oh (laughs) the timing you know so james i want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for being with us today and you missy and she hates when i do that but i love it (laughs) and you also for being with us and what is a one big thing one big thing that you can do right now what would it be
0: if I could do one thing right now, what would it be? What would it be? Get on a flight to the nearest island. <laughs> ah! Okay. Uh, do, do you need somebody to cure your luggage? Right. You can come
6: if you want them. <laughs> yes. And you, James, what would be the one thing?
1: I think um, uh, unity. Unity in our community. Uh, focus on the things that we can work on and, and agree to disagree in, in many situations. But... In order for our community to move forward i think we have to be able to come to terms um and bring unity to our community for all people
6: and you are listening to james ramos i keep on saying that he's having a nervous breakdown say it one more time yes (laughs) james ramos
0: james ramos one
6: more time (laughs) james James ramos (laughs) there you go guys and uh, yeah, the board ups—they go crazy over here, I I, I get, know. and I get giggly, and I'm going, "We got the power," yeah. <laughs> you know. And so, I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for being with us today. And we yeah, I got it. So say goodbye, everybody. All
1: right, thank you, thank you so much.
0: Bye,
6: everyone. God. And we'll talk to you next week, same time, same station. Ciao, everybody.
2: CAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM.
3: I'm Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. Stocks are in the red in afternoon trading on Wall Street. The
2: Dow did